And now for something completely different. Four, three, two, one. Hi. Welcome to the future. Remember, no guts, no galaxy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 179. And I know that's correct today. We are your hosts, Darren and Phil. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. And how do you do? Great to see you all here. Phil, you here? Yes, I'm here, man. How are you? Good, man. Uh, pretty good, I should say. It's been uh, kind of a shitty day. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I decided I've been getting up early. You know, our daughter's back in school, so I get up at 7 a.m. every morning um, and help get them ready and get them out the door and so forth. And then I've been just heading up to my office at that time. So I've been getting up here earlier um which uh yesterday i streamed when i got first got up here so i've been streaming earlier so this morning i decided to sleep in a little bit i tried to sleep in a couple hours uh longer than i normally do but i was woken up because we had basically we rent the house that we're in and um the sewage started backing up downstairs so oh, i've man. got a sit yeah like i said did you wake problem. up to the smell or no, did someone just, wake you up phone calls happening and oh, um realizing something was going on and it's so literally a shitty day yeah literally and um we have guests over so it's happening in the uh, guest bathroom their bathroom as well as our other bathroom downstairs and um you know it's all bubbling up through the toilets and the bathtub and the shower and you know we have a since we're renting we have a landlord and she was trying to kind of uh not take the expense on as an emergency she wanted to wait for people to come out tomorrow but like when i went to check it out i mean i i have a weak stomach already to some extent i mean as a butcher i can be around blood and i can be around guts but the smell of raw sewage i was just retching like i was <laughs> <laughs> i'm amazed i didn't throw up i could uh, i can see it now uh oh dude man that's a bummer yeah yeah, yeah. that's not that's not something you can like brush off it's like oh yeah that sounds no. sounds like we can wait till tomorrow to you know if it's still going on it's like no there woman like there's you need to well this. so my wife was first dealing with her and doing it you know as good of a job as she can my wife gets frustrated and, and but she's good at i've always emphasized not pissing off landlords you know all yeah, of our landlords sure. from the past we have really good relationships we get uh, great referrals and so there's always that element of don't piss off your landlord. And so my wife, I think, um, because of the way I react to that, I think was being a little bit light. And I just came in. And I'm like, our house smells like shit. I'm gagging. Like, you know, this is as emergency as I've ever experienced. So anyway, yeah, a little bit of a shitty day, but now it's getting better because we're doing the podcast. You know, How about you? Uh, well, obviously, my day is not, <laughs> not in as that bad, direction. Necessarily. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I have a little story down memory lane. Uh, so when we were in Afghanistan in 04. Knew it was going to be military. Yes. Uh, yep. 04. We had these huge like tents that we lived in. It was like 500 man tent. I mean, we had uh, bunk beds basically for 500 Marines in this very small space. Right behind, uh, for those that may be listening in Kandahar, this is Kandahar by that way. Right behind, we were at the end of uh, the FOB. There were, uh, I guess sewage ponds that you know they basically Ugh. had the aerator and stuff in the middle i mean and it was right behind probably maybe 100 yards maybe behind where we uh slept and so some days on bad days and the wind would change eh. but 
we PT'd every day and we'd run around these ponds and there was like two big ponds and it didn't bother me, but you know, you're running and you're breathing all the, I mean, and it's just sewage, just, just all in. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, one of our, uh, Marines, uh, we called him Sergeant Ronnie. He, uh, he, he didn't have a good stomach. And so we'd be, <laughs> oh, shit. He, we would be running and I'm not joking. So you're like full PT, you know, and I'm <clears throat> like, he That's just, what I was doing and we would egg him on so bad, like, mm-hmm. and just, so we would start acting like we were going to do it as well. And just, just Jeez. acting like, man, we used to fuck with him all the time, but like, sewage, yeah, it's not cool, man. Like, I can handle, like I said, I can handle blood and guts that's di- and all That's that. different. That's it's not totally different from smelling poop, the man. Smell. <laughs> It's not like somebody just, you oh, know, man. like uh, somebody just took a dump in your bathroom and needed to light a match. I mean, this oh. is, oh. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. But enough about that. So <laughs> last time we talked, uh, you, you were you were eyeballing and talking about ship homes, and I brought up container homes. I've gone down the oh, yeah. rabbit hole, by the way, even Have further. It? Yeah. Dude, you like, got to share those videos with me. I like, love those. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so tell me tell me where you're at as far as your, your house hunt. Now, it, well, it just happens not, to be that we're both kind of considering different living situations at yes. the same time, right? Well, I mean, so there's the fact of we live in this house and we're happy here, but then we've always sort of wanted to live in the mountains. And yeah. so, you know, like we live near Raleigh. And so that's a pretty, I mean, it's about three hour drive away, three and a half hour to the mountains. And so what we're thinking about is uh, just getting some property and maybe building or over the years or you know like get a, a little container thing or or something Dude. small and then as as we grow and you know we're looking at possibly starting a family next year and stuff over the years like then then worry about expanding but then on the flip side too is like our job allows us to move anywhere right mm-hmm. i mean as long as we have good as long internet, as we have internet right good internet yep. too yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah reliable i should say um and you know so i mean there's the potential that maybe next year if her contract ends that she could potentially move to another site or whatever and you know there's a few her contract agency and stuff there's stuff up in the mountains as well so you know i mean there's always the possibility where we could actually move out of this home which would be a, a you know, it wasn't what we planned per se but uh depending on what she wants to do with her career and and right. if she wants to but yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, there's you could build your own. Um, there's some things mm-hmm. like I didn't realize. Like, there's, there's templates. Te- yeah, there's templates out there. There's companies that you can actually buy already, like pre-made stuff Pre-fab, as well. Yeah, yeah, for a pretty decent price as well. Yep. Um, but then if you want to do your work, I mean, you know, uh, plus you have to get the permits. Uh, one zoning if you're gonna do that you know are you gonna have a septic tank water electric how does all that you know line up yep. internet um and then on top of that uh i discovered that there's 20 foot and 40 foot containers and yes, it's crazy that they only they pretty much ship them here from like china and they don't ship them back it's yeah. too expensive so they come yeah. here and they like basically recycle they sit, they sit or recycle them or, or just don't do anything more and more them. though there's people doing this yes. and there's companies like you mentioned that are working with them so you can uh, I, I think it's just becoming more and more of a popular way yeah. to go i mean now are you you're not wanting to go off the grid though right no no yeah. but i mean if depending on where your property is 
you could um, become self-sufficient if you wanted to yes be. like i mean yeah. and and so like it would be like maybe you still have electric but you still do solar so it helps supplement or um you know or something like that but right. um like i am looking at it from like a cost savings but of course environmental i guess you know to your reason materials but there's mm -hmm. other factors uh there's so there's 20 and 40 foot regular containers but what you can do is you can get uh extra height on some i forgot the exact name but they're basically a foot taller so instead of eight feet they're nine foot mm -hmm. tall mm -hmm. and you know i mean i'm only five seven but being able to have that headroom hey man any extra space and not feeling claustrophobic right. yeah. um so you know we're looking i'm looking at it i'm the one who's deep diving my wife is totally on How board does she feel? no oh, actually she, she digs it i think what yeah. we're leaning towards is something like uh, a u-shape where then in the middle you basically have a, a deck and your nice. kitchen is in the the middle container yep. and so you can pretty much it opens up and you've got this you know movement space um yeah so i think uh from a like building and cost uh you know it, it could plus be, something different and cool it's different and cool sure and then you know you've got to look at um wherever you get land that the semis can get there and then you also need yep. a crane to be able to lift them and place them yep. um if you're not in city limits there's really not as much restrictions too so like they don't dictate like what you can or can't do generally speaking so most of the land that you, you see is outside of city limits but some isn't so uh, but we're also looking at like maybe just smaller homes like maybe if mm -hmm. for instance uh she wants to change her career remove we could potentially just get a smaller home as well. So, I mean, it's really, sure. you know. A lot of options and yeah. it's fun to look at the, the potential. You know, container homes, I think, get a stigma and people have an idea of, oh, container home, it, it's got to look like a container. No. Um, but, man, there are some that look like just beautiful yeah. multi-million dollar homes the way they've done them. And I just saw um, a video on YouTube, this uh, land developer down in, I think I want to say either New Mexico or Arizona, they just did an entire co uh, apartment complex out yep. of these containers. You know, like you can just do some really cool shit. And you gotta, uh, yeah. you, you gotta look at it as more of the containers can literally be used as the framework as well. So mm -hmm. not necessarily the wall, some, some designers keep the walls People and roofs do everything, where yeah. it's industrial look. Um, some cover out, uh, covered up. Uh, I mean, I've been watching stuff on how to frame some people, yep. most, almost all of them frame inside, but you lose a few, in, you know, about inches. Yeah. On three on yep. one side, three on the other. Um, but there was one where they actually insulated on the outside instead. So they mm -hmm. didn't lose that space. And then plus because they're able to do that, they're able to actually add more on the outside. So uh, insulation is a big thing. Uh, spray from is pretty much a go-to because apparently, if especially in metal yeah, yeah. It, it creates condensation so you have to close yep. up all that um and you know we live in north carolina so heat would be an issue um so there have there you thought about like um like half building underground to keep it cooler and shit like that so it, ground also a, if you raise it off the ground because air oh, yeah. helps circulate um having some type of roof structure or a structure that like if you if you put it up on sort of stilts so that again it creates an air buffer as well um not having direct sunlight into your windows but having enough windows so you get plenty of uh, light i mean yeah. there's so many uh cool things it's and, a lot to get into huh yeah Fun. and it's really down the rabbit's hole um yeah but you know at the end of the day it's about you know 
like right now, I mean, why why I'm not bummed if we do end up moving is because we have a lot more house than me and my wife need. Even sure, even if we had a kid. Um, so you know, you, you, sometimes you realize maybe just maybe the image in your head of suburbia or whatever isn't exactly how you line who up. put that image you know? there it, you know is a lot of times a question and i feel like that's culture and, and society I, sometimes I think 50s 60s is sort of you know yeah. the, the idea of like having, our parents yeah um but i mean it's again i'm not i'm not, not complaining we, yeah i'm yeah. very fortunate but um yeah so that um and then there's different there's the the houses where they're just sort of made out of local materials as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's designs that you can pretty much design a house so you don't need AC at all, even in hotter environments, yep. because you're using multiple elevations and airflow. Yep. Um, there's thermal heating and cooling. Yep. I love that geothermal heating and cooling. Well, and very the, cool technology. You, you probably run into this just because of the temperature where you're at. You, you live in a climate similar to what is up in the mountains here like even mm -hmm. where you're at whereas mm -hmm. even it doesn't get as hot and when we were up yeah. for the uh we had a, I had a bachelor weekend a, a month ago we were up in the mountains where we're sort of talking about and you didn't need ac like you just open the windows and the airflow yep. was i mean it was perfect because of shade and stuff like that so yeah anyways um it's some really cool stuff uh it's awesome man a little bit scary stuff because you know you're like yeah. oh, i don't want to move you know I'm like oh. um but you want to talk scary dude i think about moving on to a boat yeah <laughs> I, I look at it as it's an adventure like yes. the, the biggest thing is you know um so yeah there, there's yeah. that yeah what so about we, you i've yeah, I've, we've gone further down uh, the rabbit hole if we want to keep the uh, similar uh, situation. As far as boats, I mean, it, for those that don't know, we're looking to uh, live aboard a boat, my family. It's just uh, my wife and I, and we have a daughter, uh, eight years old. And so we're, right now we're living in a big Victorian five-bedroom. You know, I have a separate office, and, yeah. and it's just way too much space what for is, us. And the only What hmm. is the allure to you? Like, what? what is... Why? Why did you attach yourself to this idea compared to just downsizing or compared mm -hmm. to is it financial is it intrinsic is it uh economical is it environmental is it is there elements of all that i mean basically yeah. the, the same thing for years i've been looking to downsize before we moved the only reason we moved into this house is because it was the only one available when we moved in the area when we wanted to be so yeah. it was it was well over what we wanted to spend um, but it was all that was available. This town just doesn't get a lot of rentals. Um, anyway, uh, I've been looking at, um, you know, like school bus conversions. I've been looking at tiny homes. I've been looking at container homes for years, years. I've been watching them, uh, the, the YouTube videos and, and, uh, you know, just diving into downsizing and, and didn't really know for sure that we were going to go in a specific direction. What got me into boats was moving here to Port Townsend. Um, it's just a total boating community. And as we've lived here, we've gotten to know people that are live aboards and, um, become friends with them and mm. and and it basically opened uh you know because there's terminology there's yeah, live aboard live aboard i've <laughs> never heard that until you mentioned it yeah yeah it, they're, they're called but it makes sense uh-huh right? yeah. i mean it's just you know and we you, you pick terms like that because when you're talking to people you got to call it something but uh anyway there's whole communities around it and you can just google it um and you'll see and yeah as uh devil Cran, uh brought up there's there's definitely built-in expenses with boats uh they require monthly maintenance uh for sure but um talking to everybody reading books i've read a half a dozen books already i'm reading a half a dozen books at the same time right now 
constantly reading. Every book I read refers to another book that I, you know, add to my list. And um, I've watched a million YouTube videos on it. I've talked to people. We just, this last weekend, went and talked to some friends about 20 minutes away that live on a trawler. And, you know, we have some friends right here in town that live on a uh, sailboat, a monohull. And um, just started talking to everybody. And the more we talked, you know, Rebecca and I love sailing. Since we've been here, we've gone out sailing from little um, long boats to sailboats to um, ferries to cruise ship. And, you know, just we've been out in the water a lot and we love it. We absolutely fucking love being on the water. And I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. She grew up in the East Bay. We've always been around the ocean. Um, you know, the the sound of seagulls and the smell of ocean air is just home to us, both of us. We both have a strong uh, connection with it. And our daughter loves being on boats. She knows how to sail better than we do. She, the last two years, she's been doing sailing camp during the summer. So she literally can go out there in a little sailboat by herself at a, almost nine years old yeah. and sail around. And she just loves it, you know. And gotcha. so and she she's not adverse to it at all. She th- sees it as being an adventure. And basically, so there's multiple reasons why we're looking at it. One is because we want to go cruising as much as possible. It's going to become, I think, a big part of our life is just whenever we can get out and go sailing. Sure. The Pacific Northwest has like a thousand destinations for sailing, whether it's around here, the the islands that we live around, or going up to Canada you, or Alaska, Friday, the inside passage. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, you guys could literally just undock and roll to across the harbor and oh, yeah. go to restaurants and stay oh, all there. All over the place, and... dude. There's, yeah. there's like, there's, you know, um, Victoria or Victoria and Vancouver Island is right next to us. So, and all around Vancouver Island, which is almost the size of California, there's all kinds of places to go. How does, how does that work with, um, like, pa- do you have to bring your passports and like, how does that work when you're docking a boat? Um, basically, yeah. Whenever you dock in another country, you have to first go somewhere and say, we're here and, and you register and all that. But if you're out at water, because a lot of times you won't dock, you'll just anchor at places um, basically the coast guard can board you at any time. I uh, gotcha. don't have to give you a warning. They just pull up and say, we're coming on board and you know, they check everything. Cool. Um, but, uh, the other reason we're looking at it, not just for adventure and fun and because we love boats and want to downsize, but also financially, even with the built-in costs of having to maintain a boat every month, you have to, if you own a house, I mean, just talk to our landlord who's now having to pay for this. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it's actually cheaper to maintain a boat. Depends. There's, there's a lot of except uh, on how big you know, of a boat. Absolutely. It's about as big, the bigger the boat, basically in the boat world, everything is by the foot. So every foot you add is just more expense in every situation. So we're trying to basically find a boat that's as small enough that we can live comfortably. Um, You know, when we first started looking, I'm like, oh, look, there's 115, 10 or 115 foot uh, old battleship, you know, and I was thinking, (laughs) how cool would that be to live on? Or, you know, and, and, you know, we just over the years we or over the months that we've been looking into this we've just downsized downsized yeah. downsized to real to a realistic level now we're looking about something around uh, you know mid 40s to mid 50s in, in as far as feet length and uh yeah it's 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 actually cheaper for us to buy a boat and maintain that boat um with all the costs of you know dock life you know living in a marina for part of the year and um you can still hear me fine, right? Yep. Um, just one second. We're something with the stream is going on. Yeah, just there it goes. We we're back. Still good. Yeah, I think we're good. It's just a hiccup yeah. there. Just a little hiccup. Anyway, uh, it's 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 all of the above, including expense. It's it's excessively less expensive for us to live on a reasonable size boat than it is to and rent a house. You said something surprising to me when we were talking about all this offline mm-hmm. and you said 
there's like waiting lists. There's like, this is mm -hmm. a thing, but it's a thing you don't have in normal conversations with people. So like, this is a whole. Well, people get, um, just like when you're talking about a container home, I think people have preconceived notions of what that means. Uh, you know, like, Ooh, you're going to be living in a shipping container. How gross, you know, or whatever. Right. Same mm -hmm. thing with talking about a school bus conversion, but I've seen school bus conversions that are like palaces inside that look like a five-star hotel yeah. or whatever, you know, super clean and modern. Um, and the same as boats you have. Yeah. You have shitty old boats where somebody doesn't care about it and doesn't maintain it. And you have palaces on floating on the water, you know, that are absolutely, uh, spotless. And so it's really up to you to maintain your boat. Um, but it's totally comfortable. They're, they're, gotcha. they are like apartments floating on the water and, um, you should, yeah, uh, we're just, you should, uh, find like an old, like fishing boat to, well, that's what a trawler is. So basically trawlers are like that. It's, it's, um, trawlers mostly, uh, Evolved I'm, I'm talking like boats. Forrest Gump. Really you know? fishing. Yeah. Like for, like that, you know, like. Hey, I've looked at them, dude. You can buy a boat, retire it from whatever trade it's in and convert it. But that's, it's expensive. Yeah, we just want to yeah. buy something that's basically turnkey and live on yeah, it. Yeah. That's comfortable. Plus, I'm not a, you know, I, I, I don't know how to. Do all I, that. I'd have to learn. But you can learn. Which, which we uh, were 10 minutes from uh, one of the best boat schools, boat building schools in the uh, country. And so. Um, there's, I'm going to be taking classes, engine maintenance, electrical, plumbing, all that stuff. So we can learn how to do it ourselves. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's exciting. It's scary. And, uh, we're looking forward to some change and some adventure whenever it happens. All right. Well, we will continue to update you guys. And of course ourselves on ourselves, yeah, <laughs> on our adventures, if you will. Uh, but, uh, TLDR Darren wants to be a uh, pirate boat captain and uh pirate. you know i want to and you want to live in a container i want to live in a steel box a hole in the ground a hobbit home if you will <laughs> which, which is appropriate cool, cool hobbit homes too being built in the pacific Dude, northwest those i would love it right i would love it i know my i would my she she jokes because like some of the homes i've liked in the past were she called them hobbit homes and i'm like yeah no they're not in the ground but that would be cool yeah. too anyways all right so we'll update so, you guys yes let's move on from homes um you watching anything cool movies tvs anything uh, good recently so what just okay so me and the wife we haven't started it because she wants to watch the original first just to catch up but the dark crystal oh yeah so i have that on my list man yep we're we're gonna watch that um it's i remember watching it when i was a kid but i don't remember the premise so i may watch it with dude her. i yes. ruined i it was before we moved so micah was probably six or something and i thought yeah the dark crystal is a good movie and so i put it on and you know what scene it went right to because i think that's where we left it or something like that was that part where one of the skexies melts remember. I don't remember any. Oh, dude, so. one of the evil things like melts it when it dies. The, the the body decomposes like fast forward, and it just melts into bone and shit. And I think I like Freaked totally scarred my daughter. Oh from, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So now she doesn't want to watch it because she uh, remembers that and she remembers. Way to go, Dad. I know. I totally ruined it. I, I got to figure out a way to. Now she's watched Harry Potter, and those later Harry Potters were pretty fucking scary. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get into it. Yeah, Dark Crystal looks good. Um, Anything else? Uh, let's see. A lot of comedy. Um, Chappelle, Bill Burr. You watch any of those recent specials? So Bill Burr just came out with a special like two days ago. I watched yeah, Joe just Rogan's watched it last night. I watched Joe Rogan's podcast with him, uh, and so I haven't watched it because my wife would want to watch it because we love Bill yeah. Burr. Um, 
It's always funny he is though. He's so offensive, but he's so right on about yep. so many things. It's it's like but that. I, and that's, that's... I watch my wife because I can just see she's like, "Well, that's totally offensive," but then she's laughing. <laughs> well, that's what comedy's for. And yes. one one thing that I, I got to be able know, to laugh at ourselves. Well, that, but you need to be able to like. It's the last frontier. Like, and mm-hmm. I I hundred percent agree uh, with this statement. I don't think any comedian should have to apologize. I don't for whatever. I, I think that's the point of comedy. I wonder if there are exceptions to that. No, but I, I know the, what you're saying and I no. agree to it for the most part. I, and and I, I understand what that means, but I also realize like it's a freedom of speech issue. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I don't want to hear any comedian apologize for any joke, anything like that. Like if, if it has to do with military and they're talking about it, I'm not going to get butthurt about it. What if like uh, Kramer, when he freaked out and it wasn't part of his act, he just got pissed at somebody in the audience and, you know, called him the N word or whatever. Do you <laughs> do you say the same thing because he's a comedian and he's on stage that he's allowed to do that? Or do you think? No, that that's, that's different. That's not a part that of his act. Different. That's him yeah, yeah. just being him. And if he's an yeah. asshole, he's an asshole. So like, yeah. that's 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 his, the like, hey, dude, you should have. Well, one sucks that they have to deal with, uh, you know, um, hecklers. But at the end of the day, you open your mouth and it's not yeah. part of your act. Um, because yeah. and that's one thing um, what's been really cool about that podcast and with listening to so many um, comedians is. We just see the end product, right? They're special. Yeah. And, you know. They work on it and oh, work dude, on it. Kevin work Hart, on it. Yeah. like he does, it's almost like a two-year process where, yeah. so you think, oh, these guys are just funny all the time. I mean, yeah, they're funny and I'm sure, you know, they could, uh, but when you're, when you hear them sort of say like, oh, I could get up on stage for like 20 minutes and kill it. But then after that, um, you know, it's because they have to build up these. They're honing their story. Yeah. Their stories yeah. and stuff like that and how they dissect them. They remove parts, they add things, they, um, but anyways, it's really good. So, yeah. uh, I need to watch that. Um, I, I've it's been pretty funny, man. You know, it's funny because me and you, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I really love uh, his podcast in particular. Mm-hmm. And, We're talking about Rogan. Yeah, yeah Rogan. And, and the thing I like about it is one, he'll even say he's not the smartest dude out there, but he's it. A podcast has helped him uh, learn to listen and become a, more intellectual. And his mm-hmm. guests that he have that I find just absolutely amazing are like scientists in the field. Uh, you know, researchers and stuff like that. And I just, I can't get enough of it. And um, anyways, did so. you, did you, did you watch the whole area 51 guy? I can't remember his name. Yes, Dude, Bob Lazar. Yes. Holy shit. I, I yeah. Have we talked like, about I watched this? That, I think, I don't know if we did on podcast, but I, I watched it with my wife, that episode. And then we watched <laughs> the, uh, the, the Netflix yes. uh, documentary. I, I, I did as well. So <laughs> that's actually the process I did as well as I, podcast and then and i remember hearing something growing up about it but like i didn't oh, really I totally understand the 90s from the 80s, dude yeah, yeah I d- no it was from the 80s well i know but like i lived in the 90s i remember hearing yeah, yeah. like oh yeah this guy or but here, here's here's my thing as far as that um i told one of my marine buddies down the road about it and so he like went down the rabbit hole on it and, oh, yeah. like, and i'm like here's the thing i believe he worked at an installation for the government, I 100% agree. Yes. And and his what he said back then is actually it lines up, especially with like the hand readers and stuff that now it's yep. it's out that those. So he worked. Now what he worked on, you do have to question. You know everything he was given reports to read. Obviously, disinformation is going to be rampant, and you know, he even says like. And one thing that I like about his story is, regardless of what he he was consistent across the board, and when he didn't know something, he didn't 
embellish. He didn't make up some shit. Um, so for me, do I believe in UFOs? I don't know. I have to see him to believe him. Uh, do I believe in UFOs as far as like unidentified flying aircraft as far as, or now they're not even called that. What are they called? It's a different. I don't thing. know. They keep changing. Um, yeah. Yes, I do think there's stuff, but I'm going to assume that it's just humans doing shit or having craft or yeah. flying something. Now, Until you, you're, you're proven otherwise. Well, and recently with all the footage and, and you hear stories of, which by the way, um, aviation pilots, commercial side as well. You say anything about seeing something? They have no You're gain. done. No, yeah. no, you're done. Like you're not You're not going to get rich doing talk shows, talking about UFOs. It ruins career their career. Fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So for, for me, the, the... And military pilots. Military guys recently, and this is where I really... Sometimes politicians, uh, for mm -hmm. other reasons, piss me off when they're like, "Yeah, they weren't. They're not a reliable source for like identifying stuff." It's like, no, these are fucking fighter pilots that are trained <laughs> right. for years, that fly for twenty years. I know. Fuck you. Yes, they are. And here's here's one another thing that sort of adds credence to at least his un his how he said the craft operate, which was he said normally. You know, you think of an aircraft. Uh, or UFO, the normal stuff to where it just, you know, do, 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 flies around. But he always said, no, actually how it works is the, uh, the machine flips to its side and directs depending on where the, as far as his, you're talking and then about it goes. Bob Lazar yes. said that. Well, and then and there's footage. Yes. There's actually from footage, a military pilot. Yes. Of the ship doing yeah. just that. So yeah. it doesn't mean that that's, it could be literally the same craft as well that he or technology. So the question is, what you have to understand is we just don't know where that technology comes. He says on this, as far as he knows, one, we didn't have the knowledge as far as the, the, the materials. And I think that's really what it comes down to is material science. Um, it's like the structural in, uh, integrity of ship uh, planes and stuff has improved. So you're able to pull off maneuvers and stuff. He said that didn't exist. And I didn't, we didn't know of any of stuff propulsion, mm -hmm. energy source, and blah, blah, blah at the time. So he said, this has to be uh, extraterrestrial. I saw like nine ships. But what you don't know is you don't know if that's true. I mean, you just don't know. So I'm not going to jump to assume that it's aliens. What uh, I believe is that Bob Lazar believed everything that he said. I, the, I've yeah. seen, you know, people that study body language. He was, he did, uh, you know, the lie detector test. Yeah. I, I believe 100% that he believes it. And it kind of blows my mind what's possible beyond that. I don't know. Yep. And, and one thing that I, I liked, uh, about, I forgot if it was on that one, um, or if it was on a different one, which is they mentioned, I um, may imagine the technology that we have that is never going to be seen because it's on the shelf, because yep. if that technology gets out, it, you don't want it to be captured. So like, sure. Um, so like, you have better to, than nobody has it yes or then, has and it or so whatever. you know as far as the 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 aliens and stuff like i don't i have to see it to believe it uh i'm not some like crazy conspiracy theory in okay that how case. about the moon landing <laughs> no let's not get into that I'm yeah. <laughs> yes as far as i'm aware we landed on the moon until otherwise <laughs> proven you know otherwise yeah. uh by buzz buzz punched that dude did you, did you see that video yeah. yes um, yes yes but yeah so yep. Um, I love his podcast, uh, watch a lot of comedy. Um, I haven't mm -hmm. finished the boys, but I need to got to finish that man. Boys is a good show. And Stranger Things three. Stranger I Things I haven't three was it. okay. Yeah. To we're, us. we're, we're, I, we felt through. basically like one was the best second, second best, third, third best. But, yeah. uh, 
we started watching Carnival Row. Oh yeah, the the Amazon with uh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom, yeah. It's okay. It's good. I mean, it's you know, it's okay. It's not bad. It's not great. It's it's. But if you don't have anything else to watch, um, and then I think that's pretty much it. I think you know we we got uh, some things on our list, but we haven't checked anything out. Yeah. Anyways, I'd like to say uh, thank you guys for tuning in or uh, listening on YouTube or SoundCloud. Which, by the way, if you didn't know. It's on both. Uh, support for this podcast is brought to you by our patrons, our Twitch subs, which, by the way, it is September right now. So if you'd like to help support the channel, it is $249 or $250, half price for that tier one sub. So consider it. We'd appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, that's a great way. And of course, you can check us out on patreon.com forward slash no guts, no galaxy. Bam. So let's jump into, we've been, man. We just like talked, I think, a half an hour we about did. completely non-mech stuff. We could keep stuff. going. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, oh, we'll um, see what what people think. Did we did we babble too much about stuff that you guys aren't in, interested in? Let us know. But anyway, we're going to get into MWO MechWare Online. Yep. Um, uh, for some of you that have been with us this last week and a half, uh, Phil and I have started some new schedules. We're pretty much streaming every day. Um, either one of us or both of us. This week, it's been both of us. Um, I did an afternoon stream on Monday, morning stream uh, yesterday. I think it's going pretty well. I did have somebody come into my stream yesterday and tell me to gas myself. I don't know if that was like a <laughs> reference to my Jewish heritage or if he just meant that, you know, I'm not as good as you are, which I, you know, always say that, like people coming out, oh, you're not Phil. You, what, what, where's this beard from or whatever? And uh, I always let him know I'm not going to play as good as Phil. Um, so, you know, I don't know. You give away things, though. You're like saying I, I do give. Some I don't stuff give away, away shit. Well, I've been role playing. I've been role playing as the uh, the bounty hunter the last few times I've streamed, yeah. and uh, so I give away the you know I, I cruise around in the uh, Marauder two, the bounty hunter two. How do you I, the Marauder the bounty? We need hunter to cut. Oh man, see what would be awesome is like if you get to kill someone, you take something of theirs. That would be the best. Like, huh? You like that XL three hundred and sixty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's mine now. You know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, basically, so I just tell people uh, when I'm playing when I role play characters, which I'm going to add more to my. Uh, you know, I'm going to add some more lore-based characters, basically, I, so I can give gonna other make heroes. Me, you're going to ma- end up making me do this, because it, it Dude, does it's sound fun. fun. Yeah. And the, the the community really gets into it. And and I also had some people coming into the stream that didn't know about us um, based on, uh, you know, the, the role-playing aspect. And they just have a lot of fun with it. And basically, I give them a chance to uh, salvage my mech, is essentially yeah. what it is. Um, so I've been having a good time with that. I'm going to be doing more of that, add some more characters to my repertoire. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah. How's the streaming been going for you? It's been good. Um, obviously I, for me, it's been one of those weird ones where, you know, we don't really have a whole lot of patch stuff going on. Uh, so the, the discussion usually turns to mech five and, you know, I'm going to be honest with everyone. I'm impatiently waiting impatiently. Yeah, like I'm, totally I'm in are. the same boat as everyone else. And, um, I think we're going to start getting involved, you and I, at least in promoting it yes. more over the coming weeks. And I'm going to say it could be a week, it could be two, it could be three. But I think we're going to have some stuff happening soon. So stay tuned. We don't know. But I'm, pa- I'm impatiently. I'm not, we are both I'm not doing a good this. job. Yeah. I've had to fill that void with something else. But we'll talk about <laughs> Mech 5. Container homes. Yeah, container homes. We'll talk about <laughs> Mech 5. But, uh, uh, but yeah, no, the streams have been good. Um, yeah. I think the handoff to you has been really good or to me vice versa mm-hmm. and of course wednesdays us having the podcast um yeah. now speaking of which we were supposed to have randall on last week 
but he double booked and then we haven't heard from him because I think they're a little well, bit they, busy. They, he, he double booked, but I think he was also at, um, he was at I know PAX. he was at PAX. Yeah. So he was super busy with that. And then they've um, got all the Kickstarter stuff. So yeah, he's busy. We are going to get him on. I'll be uh, emailing him again uh, this afternoon and, and we'll get him on as soon as possible. He should just but, show uh, up at their office and be like, hey, we're right? With the I microphone. got this camera. Yeah, just be like, hey, we're going to do a thing. Yep. Um, so we had, uh, actually, I'll tell you what was really nice, Double XP Weekend. Um, yeah, so we got the Get Schooled event yep. and sale. And so yep. it is a Double XP Weekend that goes on through, what, Monday morning? I think we're almost I think we're almost done with it. I don't think, hold yeah. on, let me, let me double check here. Um, I think it's, it's September 13th. Okay, so yeah, you've got like two more days. Yeah, I love double XP weekends because I'm no like, okay, because I mean, it's a little bit different now. Like back in the day when you had to have three mechs, it was it was necessary. Now you get a mech and maybe you don't like necessarily you can't find anything that you really like with it. You move on to maybe a variant that you do. And then like now um, I was tackling some of the dervishes that I found a setup that I like on them. I just didn't max them out yet. So I was doing that. Some of the Marauder, uh, the Marauder 2s. Um, but then they also had a like a it was like a twenty thousand match score that was like the final thing for the event. They changed it to fifteen thousand. It was sneaky. I don't know why they did that, mm, but uh, Matt. Yeah, I don't know. That was <laughs> I was like, hold on, this was twenty la yesterday. It's fifteen, yeah. anyways. Um, so they've got that going on. Uh, but yeah, as far as uh streaming, I think uh it it's been it's been good. It's been like I said, it's a weird time for um you know us as streamers um and other streamers out there just because as far as content there there isn't any i mean that that it just it is what it is bug fixes here or there and so a, a part of me is like ah oh, you know but then another part is like mech 5 is just right around the corner and so um you know yeah we understand too uh i've had a few people come in and that were you know frustrated with things and stuff like that and mm -hmm. uh look guys i enjoy discussion um i really do but um, I also have to say, I'm, I'm not your therapist. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't make things change. It is what it now is right now. Now, for the proper donations, we can, uh, you know. <laughs> I can sit down and talk. No, um, but yeah, just just a heads up about that. Like, yeah. if, if, if you're just not wanting to see anything positive, sometimes Twitch chat just isn't for you because, like, I, I can't, you know, we can't do anything. Other streamers can't do anything. Um, if you have questions about Mech 5 and stuff like that, definitely... The appropriate is go post on the forums, or in this case, you can hit up uh, Russ on Twitter and stuff. They respond, and if they don't respond, uh, Darren and I can't can't do anything about that. So, just wanted to make that very clear. Um, that is, we'll get to that, Devil Cran. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, the Get Schooled event and sale ends on the 13th. That's Friday, and I guess we'll be going into a new sale and event over the weekend. Um, <laughs> We also in MWO right now have the MWO Comp Championship Series 2019, which is uh, something that uh, Devil Cran was just referencing. Um, basically, here, we'll drop the link in there. Uh, this is the MWO Comp Championship Series 2019. Comp scene is very alive and active right now. And it's fun, actually, this last, not this last weekend, but the previous weekend, uh, I did comp drops with um, Nutty Rat. And yeah. let's see, who was else? Star Wolf was dropping and Pseudo was dropping. And so um, we had a bunch of teams in the queue, and we just had the fucking best time ever. It was so much fun, um, you know. We, and you didn't we, take yourself seriously. You were just having... no. We weren't taking ourselves seriously. Neither was Star Star Wolf's team. I think got beat the most. Um, in other words, lost the most matches. But they were just having the best time ever. Like you jump into their uh, Discord channel, and they're just laughing, having a good time. We won most of our matches. 
Um, but again, it was just, it was really a yeah. good time. And it made me want to get into, you know, if, if one of these units out there want to adopt me for uh, some faction warfare, as long as they're organizing it and, um, you know, and just kind of bring me in, that's Low cool. expectations, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just being a part of organized gameplay, again, was really fun. And Nutty Rat did a good job of organizing the team and um, had a good time. But anyway, let's get back to the point. MWO Comp. Uh, it's live and well, and it was really fun. Stage one just completed, in fact, and uh, stage two, the teams that are moving into stage two will be uh, taking place in September, September this month and October next month. Uh, who moved into stage two? I think you have the listings, right? Yeah, so, uh, and this is, uh, these teams have received a direct seeding into stage two of the tournament. The exact order of seeding will be decided in playoff matches held through September. Uh, so just, this comes from uh, the MWO uh, comp championship discord announcement section which of course if you need to join that discord uh, we can get you that information but first place emp surprised i don't know i don't know who you know like who that team is as far as their members so right. i need to get uh the uh, black watch in second mj12 in third and steel adders in fourth and so we fought so against some familiar names and people yeah. i'm sure in there yeah i mean all all four groups um and then of course yeah. there was others that were going to be competing for the seating and stuff so and then of course then you've got the the rest right this was the invitation invitational invitational yeah and that's just basically like hey sort of like how they explained is these guys will get a a, a buy if you will and you won't be bashing your head up against the you know top teams out there and so yep you can do those uh, drops like you guys were doing a few days ago or a week yeah. ago. And I, you know, I love watching MWO comp. I mean, I've said it at uh, the Met cons and, um, you know, I prefer watching it over most uh, televised sports and so forth. Um, you know, it's, it's all my favorite uh, stompy robots and um, it's people that play a hundred times better than I do. And I just have a really good time watching it. Um, they've been streaming their, on their MWO comp channel um, nonstop. And if you get a chance to check them out, I would do so. Um, there's ways to support MWO comp. Um, I'll put one of the links in chat right now, which has to do specifically with me. Yeah, the purchase an hour with you. Yeah. How much they, is that they, worth? They <laughs> well, depends on what your expectations are because it could be off the charts. But basically, it's $35 and that supports MWO Comp. And uh, I'll, 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 I'll read their definition here. You're, you're purchasing an hour with Bombadil. Big, huge asterisk. If, <laughs> even though they don't have it listed, I'm going to add it. Um, this is not an hour in person and it won't be it's in some, you know, purchased by the hour motel or anything like that. Um, it says spend an hour playing with uh, Bombadil, shooting at and talking all things MWO in life. Uh, challenge him to MV1, uh, 1v1, talk about Battletech or just have some relaxing games. Um, basically, we can work it out amongst ourselves, whatever you want to do. If you purchase uh, an hour we can uh, play some Battletech uh, from Harebrain Schemes. We can play MWO. Um, we can just talk tabletop or what it's been like to be in the uh, franchise for 35 years. Whatever you want to do with that hour is totally cool. And it supports MWO Comp, which I think is an awesome cause. Um, one of them, there was there was two, two there. One was purchased. I don't know who got it. Somebody's spending an hour with me. Um, there's one left. I would love it if one of you out, would out, uh, out there would go and get it and just make me feel good, uh, do, do my ego well. Um, to see that both of them got purchased, but there are other ways to support as well. I don't have a direct link to the other ones, but um, I know that uh, some people from Incoming uh, Missile Podcast are uh, volunteering some of their time as well as um, 
Alto, the painter, you've seen some oil paints that he's done for the community. He's, uh, you, you can buy a painting, um, which is amazing. He's an incredible artist and totally worth uh, the, the money that he's asking. And it, again, supports MWO Comp. You can buy uh, training time from EMP and some of the other comp players if you want to get better. Totally recommend that. I should be doing it as well. Maybe I'll purchase that. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, a lot of ways to support MWO Comp. And it's just great seeing the comp scene thriving and, and still having a good time. Right. Next, we've got uh, Mech 5. Speaking of Mech 5, uh, the latest screenshot um, was released last week. I actually really like this one. Let's talk about this uh, this screenshot and why you like it. I, I The more I looked at it, I realized, yeah, I do too. This is a pretty cool screenshot. I mean, one, the destruction, but two, just sort of gives you it's better than just grassy sort of field and mm -hmm. you know mech and you know stuff like that i mean it gives a sense you got a tank you got the mechs you got these destroyed vehicles. armored vehicle yeah armored vehicles the and also it, you know what i like the the missiles coming from i what are the missiles coming from uh, that's a good question but they have almost that um robotech like crazy swirling action going on yeah. at least at the beginning of their flight path yeah. um but a lot of missiles coming at these mechs um and yeah it's just basically i like the 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 mix of the the tank and the armored vehicle um the destructibility just completely crumbling um yeah it's a pretty cool screenshot it is a cool screenshot i mean what i was thinking about with each one of these screenshots that comes out is myself at you know 15 years old you know 14 years old like looking at 3d models and just been like oh man you know or like the intros of mech warrior games or mech commander and just thinking oh man you know what happens when the games look you know will we ever see the day when games look just as good then mm -hmm. and you know obviously you know we've got a point now where games their the trailers are built on in engine you know in game you know footage as well but um the aesthetics are definitely up there and the environments the biomes i'm going to be interested in that and speaking of which like if you look at mechware 2 3 and 4 obviously you know 2 in the technology back then i had this little flashback yesterday while i was streaming because i i, I rock out with the mechware 2 soundtracks right and yeah and I, this one song comes on and i just in my head i just I remember just take you right back. Oh to that yeah. Moment? I remember like run because the Timberwolf, like I remember the, you know, Polygon that, Timberwolf, dude. but it had this like running gate. And I just remember, and like this little like running gate and Bob. And I just remember just because you could circle around your mech and with a different camera and like, and just watch oh, yeah, it dude. and stuff. And I just remember like, you know, just this beat and just takes you back. Like, yeah, yeah dude. it wasn't, at the time, it was amazingly, uh, as far as like 3D, like your sure. imagination. Uh, the the campaigns in 2, uh, especially MechWarrior 2. So I, I went backwards. I got Mercenaries first. And then I got MechWarrior 2 and Ghost Bear because uh, I just didn't know. Uh, but I remember MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries just being really intrigued by the the nuances of like buying and fitting and having to 
you know, I mean, salvage and purchasing mechs and equipment. And of course I was younger, so maybe I didn't have the best builds or whatever. I didn't really care, but I, I put thousands of, like, no shit. I, I put thousands of hours into those games, like combined, like I, cause I never played online when, when I had those games, I always, I, you know, I was young. So, um, the thing with MechWare 2 Mercenaries is that, right, you had this sort of overarching story that it, it did force you along to, to mm-hmm. the clan and stuff. I mean, shit, I remember, right, the mission where you're on a dropship, the mission you're or on a jump ship, the mission you're on, like an asteroid, the one that where you're in a hovercraft and you have to, you know, escape. The, there's a kit fox, you know, I remember yeah. that. And... um I haven't played two in a long time, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, it was... So, like, part of me has the nostalgia of, like, oh, it's an amazing... I'm sure if I played it now, you'd be like... But... Yeah. Like, the idea of what made it so original, I think, two is it's as as cliche as it's, like, it was your first experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in in some of those You always remember your first time. Right? And so, you know, with with this all being said, the when I look at Mech 5 and I see how they're, you know, the the sort of open world star map was sort of an overarching story. You know, you start at X period of time and then you end at X period of time. And then obviously that leads to potentially like DLC two, um, the mod scene, what are people going to do? And, and just, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's, that's to sort of take me back a little bit down memory lane. Cause Mech, Mech three, for me, had a great story, and I think what made Mech Three amazing for me was the audio that they had. You know, Morgan Kell and sort of the the voiceover. I mean, the very intro of like you starting the and your dropships are getting shot down out of the mm-hmm. sky and shits going down, and you're fine. And like the audio was really good, and yeah. the graphics were a big step forward from Mech Two as well. I mean, visually, uh, I mean. You didn't have as much like fully like the world didn't live lived in because the technology still wasn't there. But still, you know, it, it you know, you could run over dudes. You could shoot them with machine guns as they were running around. Um, it was just I remember playing Mech 3 for the first time and just being like, holy shit. Like I needed to upgrade my computer. Uh, <laughs> Mech, Mech Warrior has always been good about that. Right. Forcing you to upgrade your computer. But yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, one, two, three, and four. You know, it's been twenty freaking years almost since uh since four. Um, if not twenty years. And uh I'm dying for you know, like I can't play two or I can't get two and three to, to, to work on my computer. I've tried. Um I, I'm not as technically proficient as a lot of you, and I've seen other people out there that can get them to run, um, which is awesome. And I could probably put more effort into it and make it happen, but I can get four to run. And so I pretty much play through, um, you know, MechWarrior 4 Mercs uh, twice a year, once or twice a year, um, pretty regularly now, um, and have been for a very long time. Um, so that's the one that I'm most familiar with as far as recently. I mean, I played the shit out of one, two, and three, and four, or one, two, and three when they came out, um, but was a, I've been able to do four for a long time. And yeah, as far as five goes, man, like, you were saying, like, I remember the graphics back then thinking they were awesome. And obviously for the time they were. Um, and, and you know, we used our imaginations and, and, you know, sometimes you just close your eyes and you can experience it, whether the audio was helping with that or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm so looking forward to an update um, 
you know, I, for all the nostalgic reasons, but also just for uh, just having something that looks good, that's up yeah. to date, that's current, you know, well, technology. And and, it, and it, obviously the graphics aren't the end of the world. For me, what, what, and I made this reference, I think, last podcast when we were talking about uh, Battletech, the game by HBS. One of the the drawbacks that I see is like storyline, I feel like is so important. And so like, I'm really looking forward. I know they worked with Randall, um, you know, on the storyline for this, the overarching storyline stuff. So I'm really intrigued how that works and how it plays out. Um, The voice acting, you know, what built in scene transitions and stuff like how, like, how is that going to go down? Because, you know, Battletech the game versus like Mech Commander and stuff. And I feel like Mech Commander, because it was story driven, right? The mission, it was linear, you know, exactly, you know, mission one, two, three, four, five. That was the first, you mm-hmm. know, operation, then operation two, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I, you know, we went from three, Mech Warrior three to four. And for me, I felt, well, one, okay. So, one of the biggest differences between Mech Warrior two and three to four was it was completely different mech lab yeah lots of mech lab changes not only the mech lab but completely different on how cannon loadouts were like Mm -hmm. not and this is what's tough i feel like us battletech fans can sometimes be our own worst enemy i do now that i'm older i understand why they did what they did right and taking respecting uh you know the the tabletop but now the, how i look at it and i said this a few days ago on the podcast or on the stream which was you have to understand and not be so rigid in your thinking to realize that what the reason why it ta- works in the tabletop does not always and or even work in a real world 3d environment and if you're like hardcore stringent about that not changing you're an actually detriment to the uh, franchise and sort of IP evolving uh, because yes, that works in the tabletop, but not in a 3D environment. And yeah. uh, so stuff like, uh, you know, uh, hard points, which we'll get in a second or weapon, value, like an AC 20 has to do a, you know, 20 damagers, like really that kind of mentality is actually very limiting and I think holds the franchise back. And so, absolutely, you know, when you look at mech commander, mech commander didn't have AC 20. It had yeah. heavy auto cannon because that's what they were in in BattleTech in the novels. They did not at an AC twenty. There was no AC twenty. Right, it was, right, right. This auto cannon is a you know hundred and you know twenty millimeter up to two hundred millimeter, which is caliber. It's a it's right. It it doesn't do X damage. No, it yeah. So and then also too is just what that means for the playability of your 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 product and what how that translates and also too is one factor that we're really bad about uh as fans and i see this in other um uh, titles as well other franchises yeah yeah and well just other is just what it does potentially to the new player experience as well oh yeah like uh, yes you don't want to dumb it down per se but if shit's convoluted or hasn't evolved just because of whatever um yeah anyways so i feel like three to four that was a big thing another thing is graphically i actually felt like four was a step back it was a step forward in some aspects but it was a step back like i felt three looked better in my opinion in some aspects and and four 
it just I, and that I, I don't know it was a weird time for computer games to be fair the whole 2000 period because everything was consoles did it better and it was it was easier you know but but um, yeah so four to me and here's the big kicker with four I just didn't like the story I yeah. didn't I didn't like it even the expansions and and mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I just didn't. It wasn't as much. I think a, that's a lot of that is personal preference. I mean, I know people that uh, swear by two, swear by three, swear by four, and and you know, it's. It, I think it's it's where you were at your in your life as far as game playing. It's what your pre- personal preferences are. I think they all have pros and cons for sure. Um, you know, I for for better or for worse, I loved one, two, three, and four for one reason or another. Um, they all meant something to me, and I loved them. And that includes also the Mech Commanders and. Um, you know, and the the other games, uh, yeah. the, the ones that came out earlier in the late '80s. Um, so anyway, yeah. But we were talking about Mech Lab and Hardpoint, and we did just have the uh, Russ gave the mm-hmm. Mech Warrior Five um, AMA yeah, in regards Paul, to yep. Mech Lab. So what did we learn? So previously, up until this point, the Mech Lab for Mech Five was actually going to be really restrictive uh, to the players and to customization. Like it still allowed customization per se, but stuff that you couldn't customize was like Indo and Pharaoh. Those things just, and I understand where they're coming from. Like from the if you live in the BattleTech universe and you're uh, a you know a soldier or a Mech Warrior, right? If you're just a line Mech Warrior for some house guard you're not doing any customizations to your mech you're not changing the engine the engine's just built in it's like having you know an m1a1 as a tanker like i didn't change anything on the tank you were issued it you were issued you're not doing anything so you weren't changing the engine uh but when it comes to like indo and pharaoh is like oh in the novels indo and pharaoh were straight upgrades there was no crit slots in in the thing it was straight upgrades the process how to make the kit was more difficult because it had to be in space and so forth but it got sent to the frontline units. So certain mechs started getting upgrades of Indo and Pharaoh, but generally speaking, other people couldn't, you could maybe find on the black market like refit kits. So that's something in mech five that you know, you're not gonna be able to do. We don't know about refit kits, which would really be nice. So like if you, he's used the example, like if you take the JR7F, well, you got a Jenner that doesn't have it and you have a Jenner that does have Indo and Pharaoh and you find one, that's gonna be a nice upgrade. Right. So I understand it from a variant perspective because some variants come out that are just better, like off the production line, they've had those upgrades. Well, the other uh, limiting factor for MechWare 5 and the Mech Lab was uh, if, let's take the Hunchback 4G, you were only going to be able to replace that AC20 with variations of the AC20, like the Luxor 9000 or whatever. Like that's just a different model of it. Yes. But you could not put anything else. You couldn't put a Gauss rifle. You can put an AC10. And again, I understand where they're coming from because like MWO, mechs just get just put to the wayside because they, they can do things that the other ones can do. Like for instance, the Hunchback 4H, if it's able to put an AC20 on, it's got more energy slot. Then why even bother with the 4G, right? So from a design perspective, what they did is uh, apparently there was back and forth in, internally that some of them were happy. Russ even said he wasn't really happy with that solution and some other developers as well and designers. And they came to say, hey, how about we change this up? And this is where it gets similar to Mac 4. They decided on doing hard point sizes and weapon sizes. So. Uh, they have large, medium, and small, so ballistic, energy, and missile, 
and a AC-20 is the same as a Gauss rifle when it comes to that. It's a large ballistic. So you don't have to worry about, uh, well, a AC-20 is 10 slots and a Gauss rifle is seven slots. It's there. You can put it on there. The, the, and I guess the difference is the tonnage and then like how many extra so, slots so can you put you, for ammo and stuff like that. So it's very similar to Mech 4. Um, yeah. How do I feel about it? I think it's actually smart because yeah. what that does is it still basically, it gives the players more choices while still retaining the uniqueness of each variant. Like you're still going to be limited what you can do versus that Hunchback 4G versus a Hunchback 4H, yeah. right? Because the 4H may only have a medium ballistic. So you could never put that AC-20 and plus, you know, others. Whereas, you know, then it would have, you know, four or five, you know, however many energy hard points, it'd be five energy medium hard points. I think this is smart. To me, if I'm honest, this is exactly what the franchise needs as far as taking it. And this is why retrospectively, when I look back at Mech 4, I see what they did. I just feel like they missed the mark because they literally changed the setups. Like we all know, yeah. like the Timberwolf has this weapon systems or the Atlas has this. And I feel like this is actually a really cool thing. And then on top of that, um, he, cause he got asked about what about DLC in the future in Clan Max? And he said, well, I hadn't really thought about it. Well, I'm going to go out and limb and say, he's probably thought about it, but they just don't want to say anything yet. Right. But the reason why this is a smart system is then it allows Omnimex to have Omni hard points, which mm -hmm. is what Mech 4 did, which was really intelligent. That Again, the difference being is how they're handling that versus Mech 4, and I, and I think that's smart. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it simplifies the Mech Lab, which isn't a bad thing. I think the Mech Lab is overly convoluted uh, in a lot of aspects. Um, Customization wise, again, you know, you're not changing out the engines of the mechs and stuff like that. I know that's going to be a kicker to some. Some want the full blown MechWarrior 2. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But if you do that, there's no point in variance. Uh, and you run into that with a Battletech the game. Uh, you're not able to do that. Well, guess what? Rogue Tech introduce it or other mods do it. And some chassis just become pointless and it's just a, it's a power vacuum race and. So for me, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be mods that do that. I'm not going to be using them. Oh, for sure. Um, I want something. I How I look at that, the mech lab change and what they're doing is, to me, that is a smart move that moves the, the, the franchise forward and the gameplay and what it does. I would like to see other stuff like that. Like, I think hit locations is another thing. You know, scale is an issue with some mechs. The bigger they are, the easier. But here's the kicker. This only has to do with like PVP. It doesn't matter as much as PVE. Well, uh, what about Indo and Pharaoh? What about uh, BAP? What about ECM? What about all the, are we going to have secondary stuff like smoke grenade launchers, that certain mechs? What about other stuff? Let's, let's take that uh, step further. That's where I feel like having that, um, I guess, imagination uh, is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I mean, of course, I've already seen within the community people saying, oh, that sucks. I want to be able to change everything, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe as Mech Lab similar to um, MWO, whatever, whatever their preference is. Um, I tend to fall on the opposite end of the spectrum. I love 
limitations and restrictions. I love them because number one, it's like that feeling when you find that mech that you've wanted, you know, that that specific variant and you get so excited, you finally found one for sale. Um, I like being having to be creative. I like also being forced to use mechs that aren't your favorite mechs. Everybody I feel gets yeah. into this, um, you know, like, Tunnel vision. They just they want they want their setup, their max, their setup in perfection. The fun should be finding that and then yes. relishing in the fact of you found yes. the variant that you wanted. Oh, and, dude, and I you know love what? that. And what happened in BattleTech though is it got too easy. Like yeah. it was so easy to do. Um, oh yeah, you're running around in a lance full of uh, atlases yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I agree. And and easy ruins games for me. I love complex games. Eve yeah. Online, Daisy, when it was first out. Um, you know, complex, the more complex, the better, the more restrictions and limitations, the better yeah. They force you to be creative. They get you excited but, when you but get that's something where, you really want. That's where I feel like the, the, it was a good compromise. Yes, so I, I think the compromise and the mod scene, you're going to have people yeah. that are like, oh yeah, well, how about we do it this way? That'll keep it more vanilla and stuff. And someone will take it like full rogue tech sort of style. But, yep. um, so anyways, hard point size is good. I'm, I think that's a smart move. So we got that. Um, I know you've got to go and I keep rattling on. Well, so let's... we just got a, a note from our plumber, dude, $7,000 to fix it because what? there's roots growing through and the pipe. So... To, and you don't have to pay it. <laughs> I don't have to pay it by yeah. our poor landlord. But anyway, that's what's going on. I do have to go deal with it. So let's right. run through right now what's so, going on with Battletech. Okay, so a quick update. Battletech, there was just a patch, 1.7. Um, this is like a four gig patch. There's a lot of stuff in it. I haven't tried it out, uh, but I know it came out. There's a lot of adjustments uh, for balance in the Kamea story, rebalance, attack, defense. There, there's a lot of stuff. But yeah. um, just here's a uh, link. I'll drop it. Yeah. So keep in mind, if you are rolling any mods, this could and will potentially break. And I know it broke Rotech again. That happens in any big. So make sure to check that out. Update. We'll re I'll report back next week on that. So. Uh, we'll get you, um, battle tech, good. uh, catalyst game labs. Uh, they've had two major updates that you guys need to, uh, go read. One is a video, a map design. Um, so go watch that. Um, and then the pledge manager and maps, uh, they're starting to get that, that set up for you. So that's good to go. Um, we are supposed to have Randall on the podcast as soon as possible. And we'll continue to update you guys on that. Um, but, uh, you know, we wanted to get this podcast out, talk about some uh, some stuff here. Um, and of course, uh, yeah, thank you for letting us blab on at the very beginning. Darren's got to go handle his uh, shit. I got to go handle my shit. <laughs> um, and uh, we just want to say thank you for coming out. We'll get this up on, again, YouTube, SoundCloud. If you guys want to support this podcast, it is supported by viewers and listeners like you. Please consider supporting in a variety of ways. Subscribe to our tw Twitch channel. It is September. It's half off right now. All you got to do is click that sub button. It's right up there. Go ahead and do it. Uh, we have awesome emotes. Do you it. don't get ads on this channel. We don't run ads, but Twitch does, so you don't get those anymore. Uh, become one of our patrons. Uh, we've got a link down below. Uh, we got some, uh, we post up when we do podcasts and um, stuff like that. We got a store, merch store. We need to add stuff, Darren. Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, and of course, if you're going to shop on Amazon, use our affiliate link. Guys, a lot of you guys are upgrading your PCs. It's a great time to do it, by the way, with the Ryzen. And yeah, it's good time. So if you're going to do that, use our link. It gives us kickbacks. Or if you're just buying just random stuff, use it for that too. It all works. We don't get any personal information, but we'd appreciate it if you did it. Thank you, guys. And also be sure to check out our website at nogustnogalaxy.net. Check us out on Twitch 
NGNG TV, YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy, Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcasts, SoundCloud at No Guts No Galaxy, and for all the latest and greatest in mech porn t-shirts and mugs, be sure to check us out at NoGutsNoGalaxyStore.com. This was your local No Guts No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. And this is Darren. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever